Hey, this is Kurt. And this is Jen. And before this episode, we just wanted to recognize the passing of one of the artists that we've featured here on Kurt and Jen Make a Podcast. Uh, this is the day after we learned that Eddie Van Halen has passed away. And of course, we we talked about Van Halen in a previous episode, and we are both very sad at the passing. Yeah, he's an amazing musician, and it's it's really sad to see another amazing musician leave us in 2020. Yeah, and one of the things that I'm looking at a lot of the the pictures uh, of Eddie and just you know a lot of the remembrances in the last 24 hours, he he's always smiling. Yeah, he's having fun, and it's like so many guitarists are out there. They're looking like really hard and looking like you know with the the snarl and and Eddie just he's got, just having a great time. Yeah, and, and I'm glad that he did. Yes. So, yeah. And I'm also really impressed that he apparently, according to an interview, never learned how to read music, which is so impressive to have such an amazing career and never learn how to like formally read music. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a, a lot of good, a lot of rock guitarists mm-hmm. kind of in that boat, but uh, yes, he's not, not a formally trained musician in that way. Yeah. And uh, this is okay. So I know that we're sad that Eddie passed, but there is one fun fact that I forgot to bring up in our Van Halen episode. Okay. Kurt. And it is about the use of the song Panama. Are you aware of what I'm about to say? I don't, I don't know yet. I... So, in order to ah, get some information out of a Mr. Noriega, uh, Panama was played on a loop for over 24 hours until he broke. Um, oh my gosh. And I thought that was a little bit funny. So I, I good do, job, Eddie Van Halen. I do remember back in the 80s that that was something that they they played loud rock music as kind of a you know a, it was a, one specific song over and over again and it was panama wow. that was great excellent guitar <laughs> thank you for that eddie van halen um and one other fact that actually i learned today actually there's kind of a twofold fact first of all i know that you know that he played the guitar solo on beat it right yes and did you know that he received no money for that what that's ridiculous. He just just did it and was like, hey, he no big deal. It. Yeah. <sighs> so, and then what the, an amazing person. And then the the third kind of part of that that I, I just learned about, I, I, I knew both of those things, but the third thing that I learned about is he, after the fact, he was like, yeah, what's the, you know, no big deal. I mean, you know, just, it was just like a, you know, recorded a guitar solo and did a little arranging. He also helped arrange the song with Quincy Jones. What? And he was, he just. No wonder that song's so good. Yeah. So he didn't really yeah. care that much about the credit for it. He was like, ah, eh, it's no big deal. And which just. By then he had been so big. You know, it was fine. You know what? I was helping out this whole little guy comparatively. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, we'll miss you, Eddie. And now, on with the episode. Hey, this is Kurt. And this is Jen. 
And this is Curtin Jen Make a Podcast. B-Sides edition, where we talk about nothing and play games. But today, Kurt wanted to talk about something, and I gave him a hard time. <laughs> uh, okay, we don't have to talk about anything. I mean, I could just, you know... The whole tag of this B-Side is that we talk about nothing. Ah... <laughs> So how's your day been, Jen? It's been uh, pretty choppy. It's been very long. Um, we hosted a nice little breakfast, and then I had to wrap that up, and then go to a, the mono scene workshop at Unscrewed, and then we had an interesting meeting at KMKR, and yeah. now we are here on the B side. Yeah. So let's talk about something that puts you in your happy place. How does that sound? Oh my gosh! So. One of the many things that puts me in my happy place is uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which you recently watched for the first time. I still can't believe it. And every time I say it, I feel like I'm laughing because it feels like a joke. (laughs) It feels like a joke. Okay. We can... We can dwell on the fact that, you know, it's been a while since, you know, been a long time that lots of opportunities to see it and I didn't see it. I just, like I said, I don't think it would have been a good experience for me to like rent it from Blockbuster and come home and watch it alone. I don't think that would have been even close to the the right experience. Oh, Kurt. So, So have you ever seen the musical performed live? I have not seen the musical performed live, although I would love to. Also, shout out to anyone in Tucson who may be wanting to put that on. I am happy to uh, play any of the roles, any <laughs> slash all of the roles. I will do a one-woman version of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, literally. And direct and produce. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, I got to go make some TikTok videos. Um, <laughs> good times. Good times. Yeah. So are you a big musical person? I do like a good musical. I am a fan of a lot of musicals. Uh, I think if we take Rocky Horror Picture Show out of the equation, which we absolutely shouldn't, um, my next favorite musical is Little Shop of Horrors. Hold on Um, a second. What do you mean? How can you say that Rocky Horror Picture Show is your favorite musical if you've never seen it? The the live music. I'm so sorry. The movie is also a musical. No, okay. So you're talking about So I'm talking about musicals in the genre, not the stage production. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was actually talking about stage production, whether you're This is again why Kurt we're supposed to be talking about nothing. You don't bring anything into it. Just talk okay. about nothing. Is Little Shop of Horrors your second favorite movie musical or your second favorite musical period? My second favorite musical period. Uh, my third favorite is the producers. I have a long list. Um, those are the three that come to mind. So, okay, with uh, mm-hmm. the producers on the, the the recent, relatively recent one with Will Ferrell, or the old one with uh, Gene Wilder and Zero Mostel. Uh, the original with uh, Gene Wilder. Uh, okay. And then second to that would be the stage production. Because the, when I got to see it in downtown Chicago, um, my speech coach took me because I made state. And that was my like gift. Um, oh, and I was so excited. Very cool. And Mel Brooks came out on stage and really? did the one-liner. Yeah. He did wow. the, don't be stupid, be a schmatty. Come and join the Nazi party. <laughs> in full fatigue, like wow. full full regalia and i was like i love mel brooks 
Yeah. So what, that wasn't with uh, with Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick, right? Or, um, or I think it... I don't remember. I want to say that it was, but then I don't also want to be a liar. So I don't know. Well, I was very excited. I remember Mel Brooks was there. That's all that matters. Well, the, the other first, two... Yeah, my first thought was if it's in Chicago, it's probably not. But if Mel Brooks was there, maybe, yeah. maybe it was a touring show with the original cast. I cannot remember. I was okay. 17. <laughs> it has been many years since. Okay. And so my memories are gone forever. Well, those are all excellent choices. Uh, I am kind of opposed to the, uh, I'm making air quotes, traditional musical. where I'm, I love sort of- that you're pretentious enough to tell us that you are doing air quotes on this podcast. <laughs> You, you know me, pretentious. That's-, <laughs> uh, that's right. That's what we call them. We call them Kurt Pretentious Leaders. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh. I will try to use my voice to make those air quotes in the future without uh, <laughs> actually calling it out explicitly. So I've never been a big fan of the musicals where you, you know, just someone all of a sudden gets emotional and then breaks into song, um, which, you know, I... I Never really loved that traditional musical, but uh, there are, and and some of the ones that sort of play with the genre are the ones that I like the most. Um, I loved the um, uh, Book of Mormon, which uh, of course the South Park guys did. I loved Spam a lot, which uh, was done by the Monty Python guys. And so I really enjoy stuff that has some humor to it, as you might have guessed if you're a... uh, uh, subscriber to this podcast <laughs> and you didn't just by miracle find this weird episode <laughs> of us but talking about nothing if this games. is the first episode of the show that you have listened to please send us an email and yeah. let us know how in the world you found this episode uh, please do at kurt or it's a uh, kurt and jen pod at gmail.com thank you um but my favorite musical is hamilton I loved Hamilton. I gotta say, I gotta say, I gotta say it. Not my favorite. That's okay. I was on board with your other two choices, but Hamilton, like, eh, eh. King George, 100%. The rest of it, eh. Oh, man. I, yeah. I, I, so I listened to the, um, I listened to the podcast, uh, podcast, I listened to the soundtrack, uh, sorry, original cast recording several times, like almost on a loop when I first heard it. And uh, I just really enjoyed the music to it. And then when I saw it and I saw all the stuff that they were doing on stage, it was just, yeah, it blew my mind. That's It is easily my favorite. It's music. so funny that you bring up an original cast recording. Because we're going to come full circle now. The only original cast recording that I own is... Rocky Horror Picture Show? Rocky Horror Picture Show. Okay. I have the original (laughs) cast recording of the actual musical version, uh, like the theater stage production. Uh, I've got the the full soundtrack. And then I also have the audience participation soundtrack. (laughs) And then I think I also have a karaoke CD. It's a four CD box set that I bought um, with my own money when I was like... 12 so i was very (laughs) proud of myself so the original sorry did you say when i was four 
I said poor. Oh, poor. I thought you said four. I was like, well, I don't know. I feel like it's a little bit like mature themes for a four-year-old. Like 12. 12 seems good. I, I assumed you were going to say in, in grad school, but yeah, that would have been way too late for- Oh, uh, no. Way too late. <laughs> I was already in a shadow cast by then. I mean, come on. So who was, in, who was on the original cast recording? Any- that is a great question. Hold, please. And, and while you are looking that up, I believe that Meatloaf was in the original cast in London. Then if that is an accurate statement, then uh, then you can be impressed that I knew a piece of, <laughs> of a Rocky Horror Picture Show trivia. All right. So on this original cast recording, let's see. It was at the Roxy um, and it had, let's see. Jamie Donnelly, Bonnie Eaton, Abigail Haynes, uh, Alan Martin, Meatloaf, Kim Milford, yeah, yeah. Uh, B. Miller, Susan Morse, John Mark Robinson, and Bruce Scott. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, oh, and of course, I'm sorry, and of course, Tim Curry. I'm that was a given, but I'm telling you it now. So. Oh, I didn't. I didn't know that Tim Curry was in the original cast. He was in the Roxy cast. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's the original cast recording, right? Yes, that is. Okay, cool. The so was so was Little Nell is did 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 I miss that name? No, was Little I, Nell was not, I believe, in the original cast. Oh, okay. She joined for the movie, I thought. I could I be wrong. I at something on Wikipedia that said she's best known for her role as Columbia in the 1975 film and the original stage play. Oh, maybe she didn't go by Little Nell on the stage Nella play. Campbell? Was yeah, that... she was on it. Oh, okay, she was. Okay. Yeah. Uh, two small pieces of trivia. Wow. <laughs> about so, it. so Impressive. proud of you. Yeah, so proud. You. And is there a name for people who are Rocky Horror Picture Show fans? Like, uh, so there Rocky. is a no. <laughs> no, Kurt. Uh, okay. There is a fan club, which I've been a member of since I was, you know, approximately 12. Um, it's the Rocky Horror Picture Show fan club. It has the same website from the 90s that I remember seeing. Um, and the same person has been the head of that since its inception. So. So is there a name given to Rocky Horror Picture Show aficionados? No. No. Okay. Fair enough. Normally, we just call them shadow cast because that's where they end up. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. You have cool. to have a deep love and a want to share that love. Understood. And if you've got, and if it's if it's strong enough, then you end up in a shadow cast, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And also, if you can act a little bit and be nice to people, I guess yeah. I guess that last part isn't always the case, which is really sad to hear. Yeah, yeah. That, and again, I I was I sort of have a vision that uh, the people who were you know the hardcore into it at the you know before I had ever gone were kind of they liked the kind of the oddball kind of cult status of the the show and didn't but seem the, very again and inviting. We've had know. this discussion, and the cult status doesn't remain cult status if you keep it to yourself. Joy only multiplies. Like we need to bring more people into the Rocky Horror Picture Show love. I got it. 
I got that's your view of that. I'm just not sure everyone shares that view. I feel like they do because shadow cast members and also different people who attend the different, the different showings, um, make different documents saying all of the audience participation lines so that people can trade and people can know what other people are doing, um, and share the wealth of fun stuff. Um, one of my favorite silly things that I didn't do while you were here is when Riff opens the casket, uh, at the very beginning of the time warp. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, basically. Yeah. So there's a, there's a casket that has been converted into a grandfather clock. He opens it and reveals a skeleton. And one of the funniest things that one of the theaters that I went to um, says at this point is, hey, Riff, show us. And then they insert whatever dead celebrity like just died, like too oh. soon. Like, <laughs> like hopefully that week or at least that month. <laughs> All right. Yeah. There's lots of fun little things like that. And it's fun to hear about. Okay. Yeah. So in terms of uh, musicals that I didn't care for, and I know you usually don't like talking about the negative, but I got to say that I went to a a showing of Cats in oh. in Tucson. I Boy, I don't understand how that got to be so popular. I don't know. And, I and, have no love for cats. No. Either this, you know, like the animal or the production. Right. And then when that movie came out and it was getting a lot of bad reviews, everyone who had seen the the stage production was like, yeah, that's right. No plot. No. <laughs> it's yeah. uh, it's more same, like a review. Same thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Although I have to tell you, it was very cute. I went to, I, I think it was at in the TCC I went with Olivia when she was, I'm going to guess, five or six years old, and she dressed up like a cat. That is adorable. <laughs> she had a full, like, uh, you know, leopard print bodysuit, and she wore, like, little ears and then painted whiskers on her uh, face, and she was so excited for it, and she was not excited about it after we saw it. Okay, so she came <laughs> to her senses. She was like, okay, cool, like, dressing up like a cat. Down for that. Right. Weird cat singing. No, hard pass. <laughs> exactly. So that, that is some good common sense that you've instilled in that girl. So good job. I'm sorry, that, that young woman. Um, yes. <laughs> good job. Well done, leaders family. So Jen, do you want to take a break? Sure. So Jen, in the previous segment, you mentioned that we both did a, a workshop this morning. That's a right. A monothene workshop. That's Would right, you... because that is what our improv duo's format is. A mono scene, a single scene with no edits. That's right. And just in case you are listening to us for the first time, and again, if you are, please tell us how that happened. Seriously, but... curtainjenpod at gmail.com. <laughs> I have no idea how you found this episode as the first one. But great if you did. Yes. Um, but our duo team name is Salt and Pepper. And we're going to do, uh, yeah, we'll do a little mono scene for you. And since this is a podcast and not a live show, I am going to use canigeta.com to get a suggestion of a word that will drive our improv. And as I click the button, the word that I get is coffee. Coffee. I just, you just, you know how I like my coffee. I just, I really value that. 
It's like the little things, you know? I, you know what? I, I have been jotting down all these little notes in this notebook of stuff. Cause sometimes it, you know, I, it, it doesn't stick with me. So I just have to write everything down. Every, everything? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, the big stuff I remember. I remember, you know, your name and, you know. Well, your... I'm glad that you know my name. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, a lot of the details. Like, um, I know that you are originally from Pacoima. So, yeah, so... I just, you know, make sure that I, I have those details. You I like, just, mm-hmm. it's, it seems just a little strange that you're writing them down. You know, I mean, I, I understand that you're a very detail oriented person and that it like stresses you out um, when you don't know something, but it just feels. I, well, I've, I've been, I've been hiding it a little bit. And, and, you know, even on our, even like four months ago on our first date, I was, I was just, I was scribbling furiously under the table trying to. I was, it was weird. I thought you had like a thing with your leg, like that was shaking the table. I thought that you had like, you know, like a little nervous tick. I thought it was so cute because you were nervous, but no, you were just writing down a stalker level of detail on me. Well, stalker. I mean. That's that is the level of detail, but I, I'm clearly not a stalker. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, it's probably an accurate description. However, you know, but I remembered that you are allergic to shellfish, and that probably was a good thing because I didn't make my you know my scrambled eggs with the lobster put in it. So you know, probably saved your life. I mean, I'm. Again, glad that you care. Good. Whew. Ah. Anyway. Well. Well. Okay. But let's not let's not jump the shark here, real quick. Um. Let's go back for a little bit. I just I feel I don't know. I feel like a little violated. It feels weird that you have to write all of these things down. Well, I. You I know, mean, I'm that not... is a thick notebook. It's, you know, this isn't just you in this notebook. I'm sorry. Who else is in that notebook? Oh, no. I mean, it's like it's like stuff about you. It's like stuff about your family. It's like stuff about your job. So all this stuff that I, you know, need to keep track so so I can remember, you know, it's about. Now, now, now it's gone from stalker to like possibly serial killer. Um, I just, I, I'm feeling very anxious about it. Do you, I mean, would you like to look through what, I, I mean, there's nothing weird about this. There's nothing weird about you having a massive book on me on details. Massive. Ugh. I mean, this is only four months. You know, you've just seen what I had on my last girlfriend. Ugh. Do, do you still have that? Um, just a second. Because you have a lot of notebooks that look like that, that are yeah. approximately 600 pages long. There, um, I'm going to, based on what I noted here, you would probably prefer if that wasn't uh, about my ex-girlfriend. So I'm going to say no. 
I notice you get a little jealous about ex-girlfriends. Are you are you just telling me what I want to hear? Because that's well, what it feels like. I mean, you you want to hear the truth, right? Yeah. So then I am telling you what you want to hear. Mm, I, I, I'm having a lot of trust issues right now. Okay. All right. I thought this was going somewhere, and I think it's going somewhere different, and I... Okay, I don't let's, like this place we're going to. So let's get something straight. This isn't, this is how I cope with not having a great natural memory, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I'd like to think back on how on November 14th at 7.42 p.m. when I first saw you and you were wearing that, that red top with the, with, and you were wearing that hat, it's like, that's the kind of stuff I want to keep remembering, and if I don't jot that down, I, I might not remember. November 14th. Yeah. I I didn't meet you on November 14th. I met you November 20th. Just a second here. Oh, okay. But, but I first saw you on November 14th. That's the first time I... Yeah, no, you're right. November 20th was our, our first date. Uh, the yeah, That blind date. Yep, yep. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was a blind date. And how was it blind if you've already seen me and have a notebook on me? Well, so... Okay. I, I, I got to come clean. So November 14th, you were stood up on a date by a guy from uh, Match.com who's uh, named Jimmy? Yeah. That's weird. How would you know that? So, yeah, that's just, you know, it's just something I do. It's like I set up a date and so I can, you know, see what the person looks like and then just make sure that that's, you know, that they're trustworthy enough to actually follow through on the on the date right you don't want are you casing your dates Uh, you make it sound so unsavory it's it's really not like that i i feel like it is very much like that hmm yeah okay you're you're clearly looking at it from the wrong perspective and I, i i need to get this you know i need to get uh to, to get you to understand what I'm what I'm doing here, um, so if you could you could understand how if you know you you weren't the type of person to to show up to a date like that that you know I need to protect my feelings about that so I just need oh. to make sure that you were trustworthy before we actually signed up for the date. You are you are very sensitive, mm. and it's one of the things I do appreciate about you. Okay, good. Good. So, anyway, I mean that that coffee with the with the cinnamon and the mocha is going to get a cold if you don't start drinking it. Cinnamon hides a lot of things. Oh, no, honey, you're getting paranoid. This is this is okay. Tell you what, would it would would you prefer if I took a sip out of that first? 
Yes. Yes, I think I would. Okay. Well, I'm allergic to cinnamon. So here, I'll just dump that out. <clears throat> Sorry about that. I will make you a new cup of coffee. <sighs> you know, I am really looking forward to that trip. To that remote cabin next month. I am too. It's the the cabin that your great uncle built uh, back with his own two hands in 54, right? Yes. I See, I'm telling you, this thing is very helpful. And, and not scene. at all weird. <laughs> <laughs> The scene in which Kurt is a serial killer. <laughs> Jen seemed to be okay with it at the end. <laughs> uh, well, you didn't know how I liked my coffee. I mean, what do you know? So Jen, it's hard. You're, a, it's so... you're a person that in, that takes a lot of notes. That's <laughs> I understand, but <laughs> that's weird that you would sort of drive it in that direction. <laughs> I didn't think about it that way, but I, I took a lot of notes. Well, maybe I'm a creepy serial killer. I doubt it very much. I don't have the upper body strength needed for it. Oh, oh boy. Well, I hope that... Uh, should we send this to Celeste, who is our instructor for the class? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Here, this is what we learned in your uh, in your class this morning. <laughs> we did agree at the end, and That's we true. spelled out our subtext. So good times. <laughs> <sighs> well, that was fun. So, Jen, we've got some shows coming up. We do have some shows coming up. Do you remember them all? Do I? No. Do I? I sure do. Well, On good. Friday night, do you uh, have notes written down for all of these? <laughs> I'll have you know I have a Google Calendar for all of you. <laughs> okay. Well, that's even better. All right. So Friday, October 9th, uh, you can find us on the Facebook live stream of the Tucson Improv Movement for the stay-at-home show. And then on Saturday... Well, let's tell people about what that's going to be. That's going to be oh, uh, idea. a group of us at uh, Tucson Improv Movement that are... We're not doing improv. We're doing some bits that we wrote. Uh, some of them solo, some of them with uh, with some other people. But it's just a variety of bits about uh, wh- how we're dealing with the, you know, the quarantine and staying at home. And it's... I've seen the rehearsal. It is very funny. You should see that show. That is true. And then on October 10th, I will be the special guest at the Unscrewed and Uncensored House Party at 9.30 p.m. And And that you can check out on unscrewedtheater.org. And then two weeks after that, I will be the special guest. And this is Saturday, October 24th for the same show, the Unscrewed Uncensored show. That's right. Follow fun with Jen. All right. So in this segment, we talk about what's keeping us happy this week. So, Kurt, what is keeping you happy this week? Well, Jen, as you know, in addition to producing a podcast, I like listening to podcasts and one of my favorite podcasts that's being produced now is 
you talking talking heads to my talking heads. And that is the third incarnation of the Scott Ackerman, Adam Scott music podcast. And they talk about in each episode, they talk about one album from the talking heads and I love it. They have, are you a, secretly trying to convert this podcast into a, they might be giants podcast where we talk about each album. Cause it feels like you might be. I, I think, okay. Uh, let me short answer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh long answer, uh, not right away. <laughs> okay. This is going to be a subtle transition and move of power. Got it. Okay. Right. But you're going to think know. it's your idea. So. I'm going to think it's my idea, just like the monkeys. Exactly. Okay. Which was your idea. And <laughs> so in the last episode where they were talking about uh, the movie, or I'm sorry, the movie, the album Speaking in Tongues, they had David Wayne, who's one of the founding members of the state on it. And he did a bit that was so funny where he did basically did a remix of Burning Down the House and it is hilarious. And I encourage everyone to check that out. And if you enjoy that, go check out Ben Schwartz's Instagram for something similar. All right. Yeah. So Jen, yes. what's, making, what's making you happy? Well, I'm so glad that you asked because as you may know, I am a monster ranger. And the monster rangers are people who believe, study, and protect monsters. And typically, they camp. We have camps. Um, typically, in November, we or I'm sorry, in December, we have Krampus camp here in Tucson. Well, COVID's pretty much put the brakes on everything there. But my wonderful sister-in-law, Donna Davis, is doing ranger craft lessons online. And you don't have to be a member of the Order of Obscuria to check them out. There are ones that are open to the public as well as ones for the Order. So I really am enjoying the ranger craft series. Well, that's great. Is there, do you just type in Monster Rangers into Google or is there a website? Yep. It's monsterrangers.com and you can check out all of their information there. She is an art teacher by her background. And so she's doing art lessons. She's doing embroidery classes. Um, It's just all really neat and I am really loving it. So are there different ranks of Monster Rangers? There are different branches of the Monster Rangers. I am a monster medic in the Scare Force. So those are two different branches, um, two different branches of the rangers, but I happen to be a dual ranger and there are quite a few. There's the conjure guard, which are kind of like witch, witches who stitch. Um, there are the uh, the cargo tigers. There are the clock talkers, which are mechanical folk um, and many more. Wow. Yeah. So, but it's not a, a hierarchy where you try to get up the ladder. No. It's just different uh, disciplines of monstering. Yes, that's correct. All right. And then the Order of Obscuria is a way that they get support through their patrons throughout the year. Well, that sounds like fun. It is. Until next time. This is Kurt. And this is Jen. And And we we just just made made a podcast. podcast. Okay. One. That's our show. It's time to go. Gosh, that hour really went by fast. Hope you had fun. This ep is now done. Kurt and Jen made a podcast. Perfect. Is it though? Oh, my voice hurts my